0: Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, here we are, guys, second episode of season six. I can hardly believe it is six seasons of the Make Life Matter podcast. And trust me, I am so grateful that you joined me here for these compelling conversations with leading voices. And today I am meeting a brand new guest, but we instantly refer to each other as our sister from another mother. You're going to absolutely love her. This is Grace Wabuki-Klein, and she's going to talk about how to flourish in the unknown. How to flourish in seasons that are unexpected. We've all come through them. Even if you felt like you didn't, we had COVID. We had all that season. And so how do we keep moving forward? How do we flourish in the seasons of life? How do we continue to live life with purpose when our life doesn't look the way that we thought it should or that we wanted it to? Well, Grace asked herself that question many times as she endured a long winter season in her life. After 20 years of waiting on God to answer her most ardent prayer for a husband that she would not meet until she was 42, she understands the heartache and the confusion that accompanies waiting on God. But she also discovered that it's in the hard seasons and storms of life that vital spiritual disciplines are developed. And now she wants to meet others in the tensions and storms of their lives to bring a word of hope. And that's what she's here to do today. She has just launched her debut book entitled Flourish, Finding Purpose in the Unknown and Uninspected Seasons of Life. And in Flourish, she shares her heart's desire for us to recognize the hand of God in our life, to learn to trust him more, and to embrace what he's doing in the process, which might be the most difficult of all. So welcome, Grace. I'm so honored to have you here on the Make Life Matter podcast. Thank
1: you, Angela. I'm so excited to be here with you. And can I just tell you, I've been on a lot of podcasts. That's probably one of the best introductions. Thank you for that.
0: That was so special. Well, you are so welcome. And Grace, I'm looking at you. And if you're watching, you're seeing she is lovelier in person than her pictures. And I mean, you didn't meet your husband to her 42. You don't even look 42. So (laughs) you're absolutely stunning. You radiate the love of Christ. And uh, we were just chatting for Quite a while before we started the interview and uh, found out a lot about each other. But you and your husband work together to empower churches, equip them with growth strategies, development strategies. You have a heart for the local church. My husband and I have been in ministry now for 30 years, and both of us kind of came to be authors through our own personal testimonies and and people just really wanting to know more. So let's just kind of dive into your story. You might be new to some of our guests because you draw insights from your own winter season in this book to encourage others to discover the divine purpose in every season of life. So I would love for you to share some of your story, Grace, with our listeners as you walk through that long season of the unknown.
1: Yes. Thank you for the opportunity to be here and to share just um what the lord has done and hopefully encourage somebody who's listening based on um my journey and the things that I've learned along the way that the lord is faithful um mm. through different seasons we go through in life. And as I write about in the book, uh, talk about four main seasons, just as nature goes through seasons. Mm -hmm. um, I've discovered that we go through seasons in our life. And I talk about the fall being a season of letting go, letting go of things in our head, our heart and our hands that are keeping us stuck. So um, things in our head could be a certain way of thinking, like I'm not good enough. I'm never going to make it. Um, Heart things could be like, pride or unforgiveness, holding on to some grudge from way back when Um, things in our hand could be the tithe or maybe a relationship that the Lord is um, saying is not the best for you. So that's fall, letting go of things. Um, Winter is a time of the waiting, the struggle, the loss, loss of a loved one, a dream, Mm. all of that. It's the hard times in life. Um, and how do you keep your faith when the struggle is real? Yes. Um, and then spring is a time of being open to what God may be doing, um, because so often it may not look like what we were <laughs> anticipating, <Yeah. laughs> um, open to what he wants us to um, step into or how he wants to use us. And so spring is about that. And then summer is a time of celebration. Mm. Um Um, celebrating answered prayers, um, reflecting on what we've learned along the way, and then helping others in their journey as well. And so that's kind of an overview of the different seasons. And um, I feel like I've definitely walked through those throughout my life, as I'm sure many who are listening have as well, can identify to any one of those seasons. Um, Probably the Harder ones are the fall and winter, right? It's so yeah. easy to enjoy summer um, and sometimes spring, you know, you want to like enjoy the the um, the birth of a new child or the wedding or the new job, you know, mm-hmm. and put pause on that um, and just enjoy it. And then the winter ones, we want to fast forward, right? Yeah. And so really the question is, how do we continue to live our lives knowing that Jesus said, that um, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. It wasn't to go into a cave of depression and just isolate yourself, but to truly continue to lean into Him, growing in our faith. And, um, and so I just share some of the stories that the Lord has done throughout uh, my life um, in those different seasons and what I learned along those, um, the way, um, realizing that he's always working, you know, just like photosynthesis, when we look at a tree, we don't see that happening, Mm. photosynthesis, but we see the effects of it. So, so often when we're going through things in life, we're like, God, where are you? Why is this happening? And why is heaven seem silent? Well, God is always working. He has been working. He's continuing to work. We just may not see the effects of it right away, but um, just as roots are growing deep into the ground, that's what we want to be doing. And that's what I learned throughout the many years uh, that he uh, brought me through. And so Mm -hmm. I know you specifically asked about the winter season and um, that's how this book was birthed out of my desire prayer that I had um, to get married. And my Mm. twenties went by my thirties went by into my forties. And I'm like, God, where are you? Why aren't you answering my prayer? And so it wasn't until 42, as you said, I'm now 48 and a half, um, that I met my husband. Um, and he was my first boyfriend and my first kiss. Um, I tell people all the time, it wasn't because, um, there weren't people interested, but because, uh, I truly believe, as I'm sure you do, that God brings two people together for kingdom purpose. Yes. And I was determined not to settle or compromise. I'm not saying it was easy, it was definitely lonely, um, lots of heartache, and just trying out to God, but I can testify now it was worth the wait. (laughs) And uh, there's so much that God did throughout that time, which I'm sure we'll go into. But um, that was my main winter season. There's others as far as like three family members that died in less than three years and things Mm -hmm. like that, um, that happened. But that was the story that really birthed um, this book.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that, Grace. And you you mentioned to me earlier, you and your family left Uganda at the height of, of a very difficult time in their history. How much did that shape kind of your life moving forward, the resilience or the determination, the um, anything that, that grew out of that? I would love to just hear a little bit about that, because yeah. as you know, I just returned from Africa. My yes. very big piece of my heart is in the continent of Africa. But talk about how that may have shaped you and your family and the way that you looked at seasons of waiting and adversity moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I was born in Kampala, Uganda, um, during the height of Idi Amin's regime. He was a brutal dictator, killing off people, especially those who were educated and Christian And my dad fit into both categories because he was a professor and he led Bible studies on the campus. And Hmm. we were even in more danger, Angela, because we lived in the university um, apartment right underneath where Idi Amin's son lived. And oh, his son wow. was just as, you know, his dad. And so the military was in and out of the building all the time. Our phones were tapped. It was a very dangerous time. Wow. And you couldn't just like leave in a situation like that. Like they had colleagues um, who were killed off, disappeared, you know. Um, and so mm-hmm. I remember, well, I was told because I was 18 months at the time. Sure. But um, my parents would pray Psalm 91 mm-hmm. every day and just trust the Lord for his protection hmm. and um for his guidance and the Lord showed them gave them an idea of how to leave and I talk about it in the book but basically they were able to leave during the day because most people flee at night left during the day um by you know a design um a plan that God gave them and we hmm we can read about in the book, but we got to the border between Kenya and Uganda because we, we had to cross to get out. And um, as an 18 month old baby, I, my mom was holding me, I messed up my clothes and the guards just said, get the messy baby out of here, the smelly baby out of here. And that's how we were able to cross over the border between Kenya and Uganda. And I love to tell people that God can use anything. <laughs> and then the messy moments of life. <laughs> right? And so uh-huh. I'm so Grateful, Angela, and I'm sure you would say the same that to have grown up in um, a home with parents who believed in the Lord and taught me about God's word and to turn to Him. And so seeing that from an early age helped me as we navigated the times when we landed here, because that's when we real adversity went to another level because it was 1976. The laws had changed at that time, but we landed in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, people's mindsets hadn't really changed that yeah. much. And the reason people say, why Duluth? Well, this is before the days of internet. And the only person we knew was in, was Duluth. in Duluth. Wow. Yes. So he Helped my he was a fellow professor, helped my dad get into the PhD program in virology. He was there to pursue his studies. So, but we had a brick thrown through our window, our tire, a car tire slashed. Mm. In fact, the very first church we went to, the pastor asked if he could come over for dinner. And we were so excited. The pastor wants to meet us. Mm-hmm. And then we sat down and found out he was there to ask us to leave. because Oh, Grace. We did Not like a black family in their oh. church. And so what, oh. one of the things that really impacted me was watching my parents navigate that, um, you know, with forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, compassion. You know, they didn't turn against the church, turn against Mm -hmm. God. And I'm so grateful for those decisions that they made because they really impacted my life. Because when I went to school, elementary school, I was teased as the only one, you know, before we had the bullying, um, I was relentlessly teased for my skin color, my nose, my, I wish I could go back to that young girl and say, girl don't, they're going to be paying lots of money to have lips like yours someday. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're beautiful in every but, way. Oh but it was because of that that I knew and I'll, I'll end with this when people were teasing me saying you're not going to amount to anything, you're not smart, you know, you know, you're not beautiful um that I learned from my parents and my Sunday school teachers to go to the Lord. Yes. And he said Lord, and now this is throughout, you know, elementary, junior high and into high school. This is with it's an ongoing thing of God, you know some people say I'm this, some say I'm not this. Who do you say that I am? Yeah. And Angela, as a, as a fellow lover of the word, you yes. know, how I discovered I'm a child of the King. That's right. The throne, Fearfully and wonderfully made that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, that I'm more than a conqueror that, you know, that God is with me, that he delights over me with singing that I'm his masterpiece. And so mm-hmm. now, I know who I am. I know yes. my identity in Christ and I know my authority in him. That's that right. came from facing that adversity. And that's so that's right. why, just like you're talking about in this podcast, I love the title of this podcast, mm-hmm. that that made me who I am. And and leaning into the Lord and asking him for his wisdom. Mm. And now I know that I know. And so yeah. that that a long answer to your short question. Wow, <laughs> it's a, lots of I,
0: adversity, but... I love every bit of it. Well, because so many things shape us and form us. I'm You've had your master's and I'm currently in my, my master's program. We talked about it a minute ago. The most recent discussion board that we had to do was, what is currently forming you?
1: Oh. And
0: I was in the middle of the African bush when I was trying to answer the question. I'm like, currently right this very minute might not be what you want. <laughs> but um, But so many things can form us and shape us. But the overall point is... The goal that Christ, that God is trying to do is Christ formed in us. Yes. So I answered the question saying, I have to really be honest to say, is what is forming me, forming Christ in me?
1: Mm. Because things
0: can be forming us yes. like having to escape Uganda, having to be relentlessly bullied and mistreated and injustice. Now, those things can cause us to become very bitter. Yes, they yeah. are formative uh, experiences. They are shaping experiences, but they don't have to, to derail our destiny. And right. if we allow the Lord to use them, yes. Christ can be formed in us, yes. regardless of what circumstance is trying to form us. So that's what yeah. was coming to me when you were talking as wow, She's really let Christ be formed in her through yeah. these forming and shaping experiences. So, um, I, I obviously could listen to you talk all day and, and we we definitely have the same heartbeat, but I, and I want people to get the book. I never like you to give everything away on the podcast because guys, you have to get the book. I told grace flourish is the name of our women's ministry. In fact, I have a flourish shirt for oh, yeah. our women's ministry. I should be wearing it. Um, <laughs> Because I believe so strongly that we have to be rooted, that God wants us to flourish. He wants us to be thriving. And there are processes that have we have to go through in order for that to happen. It's not just going to happen. Yeah. Um, It's it's our development in the Lord, our mm-hmm. disciplines, our spiritual formation, all of those our relationships with others. But I do want to ask you to just share a couple of the lessons. Don't give everything away, but a couple oh. of the lessons that you did learn through that long winter season of waiting for a husband. Because obviously you were a baby when you left Uganda, but still those were very impactful experiences on your life. But this long season that stretched on far beyond what you would have asked or wanted, um, sometimes seasons are unknown. Usually when they're unknown, they're unwanted. They last longer than we we want them to. I went through that with my health crisis that we talked about um, previously. So tell us some lessons that you learned that you feel like any of us can learn when we're walking through a winter season?
1: Yes, you know, there's so many different things, but I wanna share one that I learned towards the end because for so long, I cried out to God, Why is it taking so long? Why are you answering the prayer for everybody else but me? You know, I'm serving you, God. I'm loving you. I'm fasting. I'm praying. And some of you listening may relate, you know, and and maybe you're not necessarily waiting to get married, but maybe waiting to have a child or um, waiting for a healing or waiting for um, some financial situation that you're facing and you're crying out to God. You know, week after week, month after month, you know, what I realized seasons in nature have a set time about three to four months in life. It can be three weeks, three years, three decades. And so I'll determine that I'm going to live life. You know, Jesus said, like I mentioned earlier, that he came that we might have life. Um, it's not to have a depressed, gloomy, woe is me, navel-gazing life, but to become more like him each day and to share his love with others. And so that's um, part of what I purpose to do during that time, really focusing on um, becoming more like Christ and um, drawing closer to him, loving others Um, serving others. And I talk more about that in the book, but the biggest lesson that really changed me was answered after I got married. And I was asking God, why do some people only wait two years? Yeah. Like two years and I waited two decades, like why? And especially now that I'm loving, I'm still considering myself a newlywed. I'm like, I'm loving married life. Like, God, why did it take so long? You know? And so shortly afterwards, I finally heard the Holy Spirit say, Grace, do you want a faith that is tasty? And my friends, that's when I got it, that there are some things that can only be worked in us through the weight, through the struggle, through the pain, that in that God is developing things in us, working things out of us, um, and developing us to become more like him. And so I can tell you now, Angela, <laughs> my faith is strong. Yes. Any of you listening, if you want to believe for something, I'm your girl, because I know what it's like to just go before the Lord. And and yes, I know sometimes the prayer is not answered the way that we want. You know, I prayed for my dad's healing and his healing came in heaven. So mm-hmm. I would have preferred it here. Um But I know that our God is faithful even in those times to hold us, um, during those seasons and to mm-hmm. comfort us and love on us. Um, but that was probably one of the biggest lessons that I was like, Oh, now that I look back on all those 20 years, it really made me who I am today as a mm-hmm. woman of faith and trust in the Lord and living a life of complete surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, because there came a point, I think in my, mid to late thirties where I was like, Lord, if I never get married, some of you, if you Mm. never get that healing, if you never birth that child, if you never get that job, he's still God. Mm. He's still God. And he Mm. still loves us and he still wants us to be in relationship with him. And that's where I got to the point where I just laid it on the altar. um, And I said, Lord, whether or not I get married, um, you're still God. I love you. I serve you. I surrender my life to you. And um, fun story, or unique story, I should say, during that time, I had a couple of friends who um, we're looking to get their own place. Now, I know this sounds like it comes out of nowhere, but um, it's, I'm going somewhere with it because <laughs> I was meditating on how. Everything comes from the Lord um belongs to him, hmm. and you know the Word of God tells us that and um and so I was like, well, in my house, you know, I trust the Lord had given me this house that I had saved up so many years to have, and all the things in it, and he entrusted me with it, and it belonged to him. so I said, well, if these three different friends are looking for their own place. I would love to bless them with these things that he's entrusted me with. So I started picking different things. I'm like, oh, I don't need this, or mm-hmm. I haven't used this, or, you know, oh, this will save me from having a garage sale. You know, then I realized that's not true surrender. Mm-hmm. That's being letting go of stuff that I don't need. True surrender is if they came and picked. The stuff themselves. Wow. And so I had each one of the friends come through and I just told them where I was in my walk with God, just a total surrender. And I said, He's entrusted me with these things. And I believe now He wants to entrust you with them. So mm-hmm. we're going to walk through my house and you're going to pick whatever you would like. And it's yours because all of this belongs to the Lord anyway. They looked at me like I had three eyes. Wow. But uh, they eventually got with it, got with it and um one of them were about the same size to took a whole bunch of my clothes, another one loved the decor and you know took all the lights and wall hangings and another one focused on the kitchen, took my kitchen aid and a whole bunch of other things. And I didn't have a moment of freak out when I realized that my car keys were on the counter and I was like, "Oh, they take my car? I don't oh. know how I'm going to get to work, but" Oh, okay. Um, so we I the only thing I told them is they can't come back with a U-Haul, but they took a <laughs> lot of stuff. And I tell you, it was it was a, such a wonderful experience to be like there is nothing that I'm holding on to more than my desire for God. Wow. Now, see so you listening, the, the 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 lesson is not to go out there and just <laughs> open up your house for anybody to walk through. I'm talking about getting to a point of surrender to the Lord, saying, I, I, you have my life. Um, there's nothing I want more than you and have your way in and through me. And, um, and that's what happened. Now the goal was not to go out and go replace everything, but to live in a place of contentment. Mm. Um, I had to figure out some very, you know, different outfits and figuring out how to cook without different things. And, but it was a place where I was like, wow, okay, God, this, this is how I want to live my life. And, um, to this day, if I go to buy something, my check is always, if the Lord said to release it, if I can release it, then it's okay for me to purchase. If it's something that I, I wouldn't want to give that away. Then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not supposed to be entrusted with it, but Hmm. it's just a, um, a, a place that I got to in my walk. And, um, it, it changed everything, you know, um, and just just being with the Lord and and being totally surrendered to him. So I feel like I've gone totally off topic. I'm so sorry. No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, I think talking about the Lord and, I,
0: and what he's done. And I'm like, I think that's just perfect because what it's telling us is a couple key things that struck me. Surrender is really at the root because when we go through seasons of waiting, contentment becomes such an issue. You yeah. know, it's beyond why is this taking so long? But it's strong. It's trying to stay content in the middle of the waiting and coming to a point of, even if this doesn't happen, can I truly surrender? That was the moment that happened for me in the hospital when I was nearly dying. And and many people have heard my story. I'm not going to take time here, but there was a moment of God asking for complete surrender. Mm -hmm. And so if we can, when we can surrender and yeah. truly say I'm living in contentment. Yeah. Then that thing that we're waiting for becomes yes. less important than just him. Yes. yes. And it sounds cliche until you've really lived it. Right. We can inadvertently make even a good thing can become an idol. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, we want it so badly. We want that yeah. healing. We want that baby. We want that marriage. We want that financial breakthrough, whatever it is. And so I think that that was extremely crucial for that, for you to to share that with us, because it tells for you to just feel like, okay, I'm letting go of all these things in my home. I was trying to imagine feeling that, but I mean, really we're right here starting the fall. That is the season you mentioned earlier of letting go of releasing, even though we start our new calendar year in January, I always feel like September feels kind of fresh, you know, school is starting. It's a new season. So for someone who's feeling like, wow, I don't know how to get to that place of surrender. I just feel like I've got closed fists. I'm holding on so tightly. What would be your encouragement for them, Grace? Because you really have learned how to let go and to release everything to the Lord.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I learned um in this whole process of writing this book based on seasons, I did a lot of research on trees. I have to say mm. my scientist dad would be very proud. Oh, <laughs> and I love the trees but, behind you there. Yes. yes, it's an acacia tree to remind me of the sacrifice that my parents um oh. made for me to have this life that I have today. Um very, very grateful, very grateful. And so with trees though, um, deciduous trees. They, a lot of times people think that wind just blows the winds, the leaves off the trees, but that's not the case. It's not the wind that just blows them off. That's the final step in a process that started long before the trees actually release a hormone that intentionally starts the process of releasing the leaves. And I found that so interesting. I was like, wow, they were intentional about it. If I was a tree for the very first time, having gone through the green, beautiful, lush summer season, and all of a sudden what I created starts falling and dropping, I would probably freak out. Sure. But I look over at the next tree and realize they're not freaking out, the mature tree that's been there. This is not their first time. Mm. going through the fall season. Um, They don't freak out. But here, here's the thing that was so powerful to realize that if trees don't intentionally release their leaves, and let's say they kept them on through the winter, the water that's in there in the leaves would freeze. And then the tree would not be able to generate any more new leaves. um Because mm there'd be no space for them. And so I don't have time to go into all the detail. I talk about it in the book, but the end product is the tree down the road would actually die. Yeah. And so it made me start thinking through what are some things that we might be holding onto so tightly mm-hmm. that person that hurt us so bad so long ago. Um, and we just can't forgive. And knowing that um, there's that famous quote that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. We've heard that all before and I know how hard it is, but the truth is that we're actually hurting ourselves. So what are some things that are, you know, our way of thinking or that we're holding on to in our heart or our hands that may be actually harming us or preventing what God would want to put into mm-hmm. our hands. Wow. And so for those I would just encourage you, I've realized that you can never um you know, God has so much more for us that we could have imagined. Yeah. I learned that in when I was looking for my first home, I thought I had to have this gorgeous view because I grew up in a house that had a beautiful view. And when I got to the house that I walked into and I just felt the peace of God, I wasn't even going to walk into it because the curb appeal, there was no view, no nothing, but. Um, I just felt the peace of God. It was only two houses on the cul-de-sac. And what God knew was that this little introvert, after being around thousands of people Mm -hmm. as a, you know, associate pastor, uh, at my church needed a safe haven to come home to. Yes. And that is when I ripped up my list that I had for my husband, because until then it was four pages, double column, back in front. And I just submitted a blank sheet to the Lord. Um, and not in the sense of, is he breathing type of desperation type of thing, but in the sense of Lord, you know, me more than I know myself, you know, Mm. who you would have for me and I trust you. And so I let go of my expectations, Mm. my must-haves, my, this, that, and the other, check the box and say, God, you created me. Mm. And I would encourage those of you who are listening, God sees you. He has not forgotten you. He hears the cry of your heart. He is working on your behalf. You can trust him. Mm. Um, it, as you let go, he has something that he desires for you. Um, if yes. he's asking you to let go of that relationship that you might be in, I'm not kind of talking about the married folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> single dating <laughs> um, that, that there is someone that he has that you will be in kingdom purpose together. Yes, you know, so. um, if it's the they're offering, Oh my gosh, we don't have time for me to testify all the things that God has done mm-hmm. as God faithfully tithed over the years. And so um, we can't out God. Anyway, I, I don't want to start. Uh, preaching. Preach, on. Preach on. She's getting her preaching oh, pants oh, on as you know. I was saying with
0: another, right? It's I love just, it. I love it because. Once you embrace surrender, it does saturate every area of your life. You might Mm. be thinking, I'm just trying to surrender my possessions or my tithe or my husband or my children, but really when we begin to practice surrender, which is the path to flourish, what a beautiful analogy the tree gives us that you would freeze and that you would become brittle and there's no growth there's no flourishing. There's no fruit from that. You just become stuck. And I've, I've just encountered so many women in my, my life and ministry that that became stuck at a a point. And a lot of it was, they just weren't willing to release that to the Lord, trust what he's doing in the process. And a lot of times grace, if, if he gave us what we asked for in the moment, it would, I mean, it's, it's a blessing that we look back ah, and think, yeah. thank God you didn't answer that yeah. yeah. when I asked it. So, but the, the, the crucial element here is surrender and understanding, Lord, you know me best. Yeah. I trust you. You know, you want my life to flourish and I'm trusting you in it. So, um, just it's so much, there's so much rich content. You can hear guys just as she's talking, just the depth that's in her, Um, just in a little bit that we've scratched the surface and I literally could talk to you forever about it. Like She's she's going to teach us how to hold on to hope in the unexpected seasons of life, how to flourish in the unknown, how to walk through seasons as we start the fall, maybe thinking right now, what is it that I've been holding on to? What's holding me back? What's causing me to not flourish the way God has designed I encourage you to get a copy of this book, Grace. How can they get a copy of the book and connect with you?
1: Okay, well, you can get the book on any of the online retailers, so Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Amazon, Target, Walmart, wherever um, books are sold. And then you can find me at Grace Fabuki Klein. On Instagram and Facebook. I'm more active on Instagram. And then my website is also Grace Wabuki Klein. And I would love to connect with you and hear how God has worked in your lives. And
0: I'll put all of that in the show notes. But the book, guys, is called Flourish Finding Purpose in the Unknown and Unexpected Seasons of Life. Just came out in August. So I couldn't wait to have you on the podcast. I was taking the summer off, and I thought I've got to have her as one of my early guests. So Thank you, Grace, for your life, for your resilience, for your determination to push through adversity. I always like to close. Uh, she's going to pray over us in just a moment, but I always like to close with one last question. And that yeah. is other than Jesus in the Bible, who is of course our ultimate model of surrender and everything that we've talked about, but yeah. who is that person in the Bible that most inspires you to make life
1: matter? I got to go with Joseph. Ooh, I mean, okay. when you look at his life mm-hmm. and he, we know the end result, right? Yeah. But if you walk through what he went through getting a dream from the Lord and waiting all those many years for it to come to pass and then having people, you know, just backstab him and then to forgive and be able to say what you meant for harm the Lord meant for good and I I mean that yeah. That's huge. And so I want to be able to say that and mm-hmm. um and live my life in that way that, you know, God was working um yes. throughout all of that. Yeah, and because a lot of times it doesn't seem like that, you know, but God, if you love me, how why would you allow me that hurt? You know, and right, if, right, Why wouldn't you have warned me? You know, for me, it was like, Why didn't you warn me that my dad was gonna die? I had my quiet time with you that morning, right? And so um to just realize that God Um, meant it for his, it's for his glory. And so, um, he, he inspires me a lot.
0: I can understand it. His season of waiting injustice, gross injustice in his life. And again, to go back to the beginning of our conversation, things are going to form us in life, positive and negative experiences form us. The question is, is Christ being formed in us? Are we allowing him to be formed his character, his nature, our response to our situations our willingness to surrender no matter what is going on around us that's the way we make our life matter for kingdom purpose grace is speaking my language today kingdom purpose is the goal here and he will empower you and equip you to be uh content to be yes. patient yes. to see him in the wait to know yes. that while you're waiting he's working even we don't understand I'm thinking of women I love right now and I know men listen to the podcast as well but women I dearly love that are in seasons of of such adversity and um deep struggle to know that God sees you yes. and uh, he is working on your behalf even when we don't see it so guys get a copy of flourish uh, I'm gonna be getting some for some of our leaders at our church so there's a spoiler if you're from our church and you're listening. But grace, thank you so much. Thank you for, for just being obedient to the Lord and releasing this book, sharing pieces of your life and story. And uh, now it's as, as with Joseph will be for the deliverance of many. And that's what I'm believing with you and for you. So would you pray over our listeners as we close this time together?
1: Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for who you are, for what you have done in our lives, for what you have brought us through, for what you are teaching us right now, Lord, in the different seasons that we are facing, God. And I just thank you that, um, that you are drawing us close to you, Lord. We ask that you would um, work in our lives, that we may become more like you, God, that we would fulfill the plans and purposes you have for us. Um, here on this earth, Lord. And I just pray for that person that may be going through a really difficult time right now, Lord, especially with the holidays coming around. That often just brings up so many different emotions, Lord. And so I just pray that you would bring comfort, that they would know that you see them, you hear the cry of their heart, you have not forgotten them, that you are faithful to heal Faithful to help and faithful to hold them in whatever season that they are in. And I pray that they will just continue to establish their roots in you and your word and just grow um, um, with their eyes focused on you, Lord. And I thank you that you're bringing uh, such a community around them. For, thank you for this incredible podcast, um, just encouraging voices that are on here. And for Angela, Lord, um, just thank you for this ministry. Pray that you continue to grow and expand it, Lord. And we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at AngelaDonatio.com, Facebook at AngelaDonatioVOV, and Instagram at AngelaDonatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.